0: Oh my God, are we really in season two already? Hey, beautiful humans, you're listening to the Human Experience Podcast, hosted by me, Kiara Marie. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I'm here to share my human experience, as well as have these raw and powerful conversations with leaders in the health and wellness space. The Human Experience podcast began because I truly believe our souls are here to experience a wide range of emotions, make mistakes, own our past traumas that led us to make them, and face our deepest fears in order to grow. The Human Experience is a conversation about self-development, conscious awareness, normal human responses, and connecting mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. The Human Experience promises to deliver authenticity and diversity the human experience community is a group of humans doing the work so they can live their lives to their fullest potential and are here to break intergenerational family patterns that generations to come can too. At The Human Experience, we're diving deep. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Human Experience Podcast. You have no idea how much gratitude I have for my listeners and just being able to be in a space to create and to speak with these incredible guests that I have on the show. It is truly a dream. And I wanted to take a moment to chat about my private coaching that I am offering right now. Um, I do offer three- and six-month options for those women who are my high, achie- high achievers, and I feel like women in general kind of put a lot of pressure on themselves, whether it's internal or external pressure. Um, I've just been seeing, myself included, with my clients that the ones who develop symptoms, chronic symptoms especially, are the ones who are high achievers or... Put a lot of pressure on themselves or are easily stressed out. Um, just happens to be the way of the world and that's okay. Um, I've now been able to get to a place where I'm able to manage my chronic stress with some tools, which you have too. You have these tools. It's just a matter of accessing them. Um, and having someone who has been there and who can guide you throughout a process. Because I cannot tell you guys, I had my family and loved ones by my side throughout my entire journey, but they just never understood. They were there to support me and love me and tell me everything was going to be okay. But because I didn't have anyone who truly understood what it was like to be in my body, to, to feel how crippling it felt, to experience the bloat that I did. I felt six months pregnant when I wasn't. And just my cycles were all over the place like I was getting them 16 days late and it was, it was a mess and my acne and just going to the bathroom was a nightmare. I, I can't, it just felt like the end of the world. And at 20 something years old, that's not how you're supposed to feel. You're supposed to be out there living your life and not let another day pass because yeah, you only get this life once and you should live it to the best of your capabilities. So in my three-month and six-month programs, I do offer unlimited support via an app, which we call Voxer. It's like a walkie-talkie. It's pretty awesome. So any questions that my clients have, if it's relating to a supplement, something that you get in the grocery store, um, how you're feeling, whatever, you have me literally in the palm of your hand. Um, And then we do one-on-one, one-hour calls every two weeks and... um, grocery list, recipes, the whole nine yards to get you started. Um, and then we ad- address diet, rest, exercise, stress, supplementation. These are all things that will get you on the right path to healing. No more guessing games. I do as well offer um, functional diagnostic lab testing. So if you are far enough in your journey, you're not getting answers. You've seen several doctors. You're just your symptoms are all over the place and exacerbated, that's when I will offer lab testing. However, I do see a lot of clients that have never even stepped into a grocery store or even have cooked anything healthy and haven't tried those simple steps first or not drinking enough water, you know, and so forth. So um, we will just start with nutritional therapy alone because I see it as a profound impact on your body just by making those simple changes and if we hit a wall and you're healing or whatever, um, then we can definitely step in with some functional diagnostic lab testing. So three and six month programs, they are awesome and I love them so much and I love my clients dearly. Um so if you guys are interested in hearing more and scheduling scheduling a free symptom audit so that we can go over your symptoms to see if it would be a good fit to work for with each other. Um, you can schedule your free symptom audit, um, and the link in my bio and my Instagram, or you can just shoot me an email at Kiara Marie wellness at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Welcome to the show, Diane. How are you today? So good. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing well, you know, living life in quarantine, but enjoying it actually.
1: Yes, yes, and you
0: might hear my pug, Doug, in the background.
1: Somebody oh, like gosh. That. So I'm not snoring. If you hear that, it's him.
0: And and the other one? Huey, Huey the other Huey. dog.
1: <laughs> Sweet, too.
0: Okay, awesome. Yeah, I have four crazy dogs. So I hid myself upstairs, but somehow their loud barks might travel upstairs. So they'll find She's- you. Yeah, just keep that in mind, guys. But anyway, thank you so much for being on the show. Diane is a fellow NTP, and I'm so excited for her to share her knowledge, drop her tidbits, um, and how she practices online with her clients. Um, today, we're going to chat about uh health today um, and how Diane has been able to help herself and her clients heal from... Uh, hormonal imbalances and improve energy and sleep, all things we want in our life to live our lives to the fullest potential. So tell us about yourself, Diane, what led to you becoming an NTP? Hey,
1: so um, I have always been first and foremost a foodie. I loved food awesome. um, and love cooking. And I had Told myself at one point that eating healthy meant eating like dry rice cakes with nothing <laughs> on it. Or yeah. oh, is it like going plant-based? All those kinds of things. And I'm like, I want a juicy steak, that better be part of it. If <laughs> I'm gonna go. Get- <laughs> Changing my diet, right? Um, so, I had tried all kinds of things when I was dealing with gut issues, um, heartburn, acid reflux. Um, I also had a lot of skin issues since I was a teenager. I called it cranky skin. Um, so, call it vanity, I guess, but that motivated me to want to change things with my health, with my diet. And I started to see results as I focused on improving my gut health, specifically in nurturing that. And I was just super excited to share that with others. And at the time, I was working this fast paced ad agency as a project manager. And when I was unexpectedly laid off from my job, I was like, man, I've been thinking of becoming a nutritional therapy practitioner for a while. I'm just going to do it, I'm going to pivot it's four weeks before a destination wedding, but you know what, let's just enroll. And I did it and never looked back because I was just so empowered by what I had learned and what I had seen in my own health, both in my gut health and in my skin. Um, and flash forward a few years later and we're still here,
0: still loving, still loving it. That's awesome. And now you've added another, another tool to your toolkit and that is functional testing, right? Yes, yep. I
1: wanted all the receipts on what was going on in my gut with hormone testing.
0: Wanted to really dig Mm in. Um, and did you ever find out what the root cause of of your skin issues was? Yes, right?
1: It's hard to say, right? Because it's never one thing, and it's not only what we're putting into our bodies and what we're eating or what we're putting on our bodies, uh, certainly good quality skincare is key, um, but also the stories we're telling ourselves, the lifestyle, the habits that we have. Um, But for me, I definitely had some dysbiosis going on there um, and inflammation internally that definitely wanted to address and and rebalance my gut after years of being on hormonal birth control, of growing up having different rounds of antibiotics that wrecked havoc on my gut, all the stress from a fast paced job. So those Nurturing those things
0: really did make such a difference in in my healing. Mm-hmm. And were you dealing with any digestive issues at all, or it was just you were?
1: Yes, okay. yes. And so I think too, um, you know, as a nutritional therapist, we believe we're, we're going to go north to south mm-hmm. or mouth to tail. I tell my clients, and so. The For me, the upper Mm digestion—I always had issues with stomach stuff. Whether it was bloat, um, nausea after after college, I had so much nausea and reflux. I took Prilosec every day and acids, like I'm talking the tums, Mm -hmm. big tums, kids from Costco, right? I'm sure you've heard um, the same from clients before too. And um, ended up having H. pylori. Um, So this was Uh, like ten years ago. What is H. pylori for those who don't know? Yeah, so for those who don't know, it's a it's a bacteria that's going not it's going to be in your in your stomach, right? But the difference is we don't want it to take over and wreak havoc, um, where it can cause GERD, so reflux, heartburn. Some people might have ulcers if it's really severe. Um, For me, it was nausea and um, stomach cramping, uh, and I ended up getting a scope and getting a test with my conventional doctor at the time. Um, but it, it proliferates or it, it just kind of runs amuck in a low acid environment. And that's basically what had, had happened for it to just set up shop. Yeah.
0: Um, so what sort of symptoms are you seeing in your practice today with the women who come to you?
1: So, it can vary, but there are definitely trends. Um, So, I work um, with women uh, focusing on their gut health because that is the first domino. So, a lot of women will come to me with similar issues of reflux, heartburn, or stomach cramping, um, or they also have not had regular cycles, whether they've been on the pill for a long time or they're um, just difficult cycles, maybe they have PMS monster hmm. um, rearing his head uh, the week before. So those are probably the most common things. It's issues and um, cycle irregularities for
0: sure. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned just a second ago, North to South. And I know that's what we know and love. And I, that made so much sense to me because before I entered the NTA, I thought I knew so much about health and wellness. Um, mm-hmm. But the NTA just really put it together for me. Can you explain what North to South means?
1: Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Cause we, we've been thinking about this so long, but I know it can be such a departure from what we are used to in, um, growing up mm-hmm. or uh, what we've heard maybe conventionally. And so what I mean by North to South is, uh, we want, we want to support and optimize function from head to head to your toes, <laughs> or um, if we're if I'm focusing on gut health, um, from your mouth to your butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, thinking of the path that that say food takes from your mouth, digestion starting in the brain. We want to um, first talk about relaxing, right? But also um, we can't. We, we might have hormonal issues or concerns and think, okay, I need to add in some adaptogens and go <laughs> right to supporting that that cycle. Um, and certainly those can have their place, but it's going to be very difficult to improve your cycle. If you're not first going to um, things upstream, like supporting your digestion um, and lowering inflammation and stress in other ways before getting to um, something down, down South. Um, And, and by working on those things up north, uh, then the, usually it works itself out.
0: hmm Yeah. I was that girl before I entered the NTA. I was like, let me just go get um, some ashwagandha or uh, whatever other adaptogen was going to help me at the time, the next best mm-hmm. thing. Uh, but then I entered the NTA. I was like, oh this is what I have to do. Yeah. <laughs> the order of operations, yeah. right? Yeah. And it just made everything flow so much more smoothly. Um, mm-hmm. So let's, let's chat about the first, the first part of the, the digestive process. So what does that look like? What do you tell your clients to do um, from the get-go? Yeah. So it's going to
1: sound so simple, but really if we are honest with ourselves and think how often do we really do this, um, we might be surprised. And that is like, are you sitting down for your meals Uh, or is it standing over the counter on the go or um, (laughs) maybe during a commute? Most of us probably aren't commuting right now, but Mm. outside of this, are we taking a smoothie and rushing? Um, That is not going to be supportive of our best digestion. So I um, encourage my clients to sit down, slow down and take a few deep belly breaths. So I know some people will, um, pray before they meet, they have their meal or reflect on gratitude and all that's going to just relax and, um, get us ready for our meal. Yeah. And
0: digestion really does start in what's going on in the brain and how we're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a huge step of the process that I was missing. I think I remember so vividly the first time I actually just sat down and Just chewed my food so slowly and was just in that moment like technology away and more importantly like what was going on in my mind too because there have definitely been moments where I'm like okay I'm doing all the right things but my mind wasn't settled but once I learned all that I just was like oh my gosh like that that's it's so simple and it's so often overlooked
1: yes and with um my, I've also worked with some male clients too, and wow. some of them. Um, and one will will just he won't mind me saying is my husband was one of my clients, <laughs> one of my first clients ever. I was like, hey, can, hey, let me just um put you through this process and see how it goes. And he would eat really quickly, um, and burp often. Mm. And once I really was like, hey, let's let's slow it down, enjoy the meal, chew more thoroughly, he noticed that the burping wasn't happening as often too. He's like, wow. yeah
0: exactly yeah exactly because because what happens in the brain that signals all of the enzymes that we need to digest our food properly to break it down so your stomach doesn't have to do so much work and so you're not left with the burps and the bloat and so forth <laughs> right like yeah big
1: chunks if we're taking a yeah. big chunks of big bites of our steak yeah and just hastily swallowing it our stomach's gonna have to churn it
0: and Mm -hmm. it's going to just have to do the most when it doesn't have to exactly it messes up the whole process and your body has to compensate for everything that's left over um you you had just mentioned a smoothie and i wanted to know your thoughts on smoothies um because there's been just so much information out there whether a smoothie smoothie is like healthy or not what are your thoughts
1: Yeah, so good question. I do get this question a lot from my clients and, and program students. And um, I prefer us to eat real whole food at our meals, sit down and chew them. Um, But all smoothies can have their place, I believe, in augmenting uh, food intake, especially for my women who are training and maybe Mm. getting those gains are part (laughs) of um, their goals. But um, I love smoothies, provided that the ingredients are solid, um, and we're not using a protein powder with lots of gums, unnecessary um, fillers, or sweeteners, or artificial flavors. Like, I'm sorry, your your smoothie should not be a cookie dough, birthday cake, ice cream flavor. Like, what what is that? How are they flavoring that? Um, <laughs> And what are the protein sources, especially for women who have gut issues? Uh, I see often that they are choosing uh, protein powders that have very like tough to break down uh, proteins. Uh, a lot of these plant-based protein powders that have so many sources and other ingredients that cause them to bloat up. Um, so with smoothies, I want them to slow down. It's still food like we we're just talking about with slowing the pace down just because it's liquid. Um, like they have to like thoroughly chew it like a weirdo, you know, but just slowing, slowing down with it is key. Um, and making sure you have enough protein, protein, mm-hmm. um, fat. I like to add in some fiber in there and then, um, some fructose or some, some kind of fruit. Uh, that's maybe frozen now that we're going to the summer months, something refreshing.
0: Mm, yeah. And I feel like intuitively your body knows, like, I wouldn't go and drink smoothies all winter long. (laughs) Um, I feel like our bodies during that time, and that's why things are seasonal. So in the smoothie – in the summer, we're going to crave smoothies and colder things and salads and maybe – Well, we can talk about salads too, (laughs) but but in the wintertime, like soups and the starchier vegetables and stuff and and bone broth, uh, although like I love bone broth all year round. I can always use the bone broth. Um, Okay. On that note, let's just first talk about bone broth since I just mentioned it. Why is bone broth so good?
1: Oh, so many reasons. And um, I just loved... and Teigen, not that long ago, was talking about broth and bone broth. And I know oh, yeah. a lot of people think that, oh, it's a fad, uh-uh, it's been around for <laughs> thousands of years, um, it is the shit, and <laughs> Chrissy was like, no, if you're going to get bone broth, it's not most of the shit garbage you see on the, on the shelves at the grocery store. Yes, it is having a moment right now, and I love that, but the source is so key. So um, when we talk about bone broth, we want and those from... Made from pasture raised bones, um, so I like saving a carcass from carcasses. Mm. I'm so metal. <laughs> like yeah, doing, no, it's, that's know, what it is—a roast yeah. chicken or and chicken feet and um, from local farmers in a freezer bag, and we'll make broth with it. But the reason I love it so much is it's so nutrient dense and packed with minerals and collagen, and um, basically is like a hug for your GI tract, um, and also can augment your protein there as well. So a nice little afternoon sipper to give your gut some hug, but also, um, you know, nourish your connective tissue as well. And, and if you have gut issues, it can be very calming and soothing on the stomach too.
0: Oh yeah. It was such a saving grace for me when I was in the depths of my GI issues, I just was drinking bone broth all day long and it just like Diane just said, it was just a big hug to my body when I couldn't, I was, there was a point in my a journey where I just couldn't eat anything because I didn't know really? what to do, but I knew bone broth was just, it just made me feel good. I mean, if you think about it, your grandmother would give you like chicken soup if, you know, you weren't feeling well. And these were just lost traditions that were so good for us, but I think have been lost due to convenience and, um, the The patients that we need to make bone broth. Although I feel like there are, there are more and more brands coming up about yes. making such nutrient dense bone broth that you can find in frozen uh, the frozen aisles. Um, like one one brand I really love is Bonafide Provisions. Oh yeah, um, I have some in my and, freezer right now. Oh yes, we do. And um, Epic Bar they have their um, wide range of bone broths. I mean, you can go turkey, chicken, beef. Whatever What's your favorite
1: treat? to sip on, it's so yeah. really, yeah, That's what I love. Beef broth when I um, buy it from, like you're saying, bona fide provisions or mm-hmm. kettle and fire. So yes, there are awesome brands yes. out there now. Yes, um, but when I make it at home, I, I like chicken broth. I think to sip
0: on. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and it's so easy. You can just reuse that that carcass, like you were saying. <laughs> you can just get so many uses out of it, mm-hmm. and so many meals. Out of it too for a whole chicken. I mean, that would last you like a whole week. Oh yeah, I would
1: think if you're living by yourself. <laughs> so my clients who are they're kind of warming up to broth, unattended. Mm. They're warming up to the like, concept <laughs> of sipping on it, and they don't. They might not like it as a tea yet. So, or maybe even in their soup. So I say you can work it into your cooking, like mm. your veggies in in broth, or mm-hmm. um, yeah, add it to stews or other cooking, and it'll just really amp it up, especially when it's homemade. Oh, nothing beats that.
0: I think a lot of people are also reaching for collagen peptides instead of bone broth. What do you think? Yeah. So I don't think there, it's not
1: a like, instead of thing to me, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, there is collagen, there is collagen in bone broth. Um, but when you have the collagen peptides, that's just collagen peptides. So you're missing out on other minerals and the, and, um, collagen peptides is not a complete protein either um, so a lot of times I'll see women using that in their smoothies um, and thinking that they have this well-rounded uh, meal replacement um, with just the collagen peptides so love it but um, it just doesn't it just doesn't hit the same as bone broth at all
0: mm-hmm. yeah there's just a whole different feeling to it too but like I think it's okay to supplement in your smoothies mm-hmm. or something but it, it shouldn't replace. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's so made all those essential amino acids. Yes. Oh, gets me so excited. <laughs> <laughs> um so what was I gonna say? Bone broth. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking out. Oh no. And then the fats too, I feel like. So let's break down fats because there's so much um Stigma around this mm-hmm. topic. It's just it's there's so much misinformation. Um, She's had a bad rap. Yeah, eighties really didn't. Yeah, and it, did you read the Big Fat Surprise? Yes, I have it here yeah. on my shelf. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> I love that book so much. It's one of my favorites. When we um, got the NTA curriculum, what? How can we? demystify all the fat misinformation that's going around? Yeah, such a good question. And actually came up on
1: a group call I had with some of my students because oh. one woman yesterday said that uh, she's like, new to the program. And she said, I've done a lot of work on like, my food relationship, but I did catch myself when you started talking about adding more fats and, and, and healthy fats. And this old story came up for me, like, no, fat is bad. Fat's going to make me fat. Um, so I mean, it was She's like, it was progress for me that I was noticing it come up, but I'm like, uh-uh, no, thank you. Um and the the fat story has just been you know, the, the fat is bad story has been so um prevalent in our cult, our society for like the past 20, 20, years. And the um problems that came out of that is our hormones, um, we need quality, healthy fats for building healthy hormones and fats keep us full. Um, and they also, the right fats are anti-inflammatory and we, we need them. And by taking all the healthy fats out of our foods, um, especially in the eighties and nineties, when low fat was huge, they mm-hmm. added so much sugar to our food. And that, that resulted in so many issues with um, blood sugar handling issues and, um, truly like so many of the health the widespread health issues that we have today. Um, so, so this client was talking about fat and how she was, um, scared to add it back in. And what I invited her to do was to think, um, you know, how did you feel when you added in, um, added in fats. She had recently tried some like avocado with her tuna salad. And she's like, I felt full. I felt like my mood was stable. I wasn't hungry Mm. half an hour later, like normally I find myself really snackish. Um, And so I encourage my clients to come back to the basics and um, quality, healthy, nourishing fats have been part of um, ancestral diets for thousands of years. And it's only recently when we decided, oh, fat is bad, makes you fat that we've fallen away from that and going gone towards more of the low-fat, high-sugar um, format that has just done so
0: much damage to our health um, and appetites and, and all of that. Totally. Totally. And I think all of the low-fat things, and I was once there too, with the low-fat cheese, low-fat milk. Oh, sugar water, sugar oh. milk, I call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sugar milk. And they have to make it taste good, guys. So they do that with these artificial sugars that are terrible for your gut health and just your mind everything um so we're talking about like aspartame um what are some other artificial sugars um sucralose or just tons
1: or several different types of sweeteners so that it doesn't look like it's the second or third ingredient oh
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i know so many um people in my family who Have been diagnosed with diabetes, whether type one or two, but they've been told to go with um these artificial sweeteners, which really breaks my heart. I'm like, no, you're doing more damage. And um, you're still trying to satisfy something too at the end of the day. Yes, because your body's like,
1: hey, I tasted something sweet.
0: Where's the sugar? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So then we want more and more of it, and it, it just um I think you're seeing a lot of the ramifications and brain health, um, well, gut health and brain health, and we know about the gr- gut-brain access. Yes. So, so, what is the gut-brain access? I feel like um, in the Western culture, it's not really a thing.
1: Yeah, so, um, interesting to say that. I have noticed that. Um, I noticed that as well. Um, you know, we all we've heard well before we, we became NTPs just that that phrase of go with your gut um right and -hmm. there is so much there is such a connection between our gut and our Mm -hmm. our brain it's like the second brain i think other cultures have called the gut right um and Mm -hmm. most of our our mood receptors our neurotransmitters are made in the gut um and so that's all the more reason to make sure that you not only are are eating a nutrient-dense diet but also digesting and absorbing the food that you're eating so that you can your body can make um these mood receptors.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And isn't the brain like 80% fat or something like that? I think so. I think at something like that. I don't know, but I think it's mostly made of fat. So we should be incorporating fat. But on that note, I feel like um, there is a population out there without gallbladders. How can we support them and should they be eating fat?
1: Yes. That's such a good question. So I've worked with some a few women who have just had their gallbladders removed and maybe it was after years of the low fat um, following mm. low fat and so when we go a long time without eating fat um, or if we're eating a lot of um, conventional fats like vegetable oils cut nola oil as I like to call it <laughs>
0: um, things like that, uh,
1: yes. what happens is you get this sludgy bile so that bile is going to be stored in their gallbladder right and then we need healthy fats to make that bile thin and and flowing but if we don't have the right amount of fats or we're eating the wrong amount of fats in our diet then that bile gets sludgy it won't get released and then we're not going to digest um things very well and so um without a gallbladder um what happens is that bile is just going to be continuously dripping into the small intestine, and then they could have trouble digesting their fats. It's going to cause some inflammation by that just constant, steady drip. And so, for my clients that have um, had their gallbladder removed, it depends on how close they might have been to their operation, or how they're doing, um, how what their symptoms are like. But we definitely want some gut support added in there to support her small intestine and also fat digestion as well. So. Um, I personally wouldn't say no, no fat in your diet ever, ever, because we, we know how important that diet, the healthy fats are, right. But she would need some more, um, functional support and some more just TLC knowing that that gallbladder is not part of the equation anymore.
0: Yeah. I feel like every, um, woman on my mom's side of the family has had their gallbladder removed. My mom has too. And it's young. Yeah. I feel like it, it was so common and it probably still is even today. I've had clients who've had their gallbladders removed and just, and then following that, like a hysterectomy and just so many things being pulled out of our bodies when we were born with them. And I don't understand. I mean, I understand how, how doctors are trained mm-hmm. in this and you know, when they see a problem, okay, let's remove it. <laughs> uh, but they don't even think to, to themselves, like how can we reverse yes. it or how can we just alleviate some of the inflammation that's going on there. Um, mm-hmm. so that's where we yes. and <laughs> Like, Of course we'd like to keep our organs
1: where they are if we can. And I know yeah. sometimes it is medically necessary and, um, mm-hmm. it's not something that we can advise against, uh, an operation, of course, of course. But, um, mm-hmm. if someone want, had some gallbladder concerns, um, there are things that we can do to support that thin flowing bile, um, to make sure that it's not getting yeah stuck and sludgy in there we I was yeah. um telling a client um you know the the song we don't want to or scrubs by TLC like oh, we yeah. don't want no sludge a sludge is a bile that can't digest fat for me so we don't want no sludge I love
0: it you're so punny I love it Like you really are, I'm like not that witty at all. Like I would never think. (laughs) I love my
1: my hip hop and my puns and my dad jokes. We got to make we got to (laughs) make nutrition fun and tasty, right?
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, So, what sort of fats would you recommend? They're all like you said, canola oil. Canola oil—that's a big no-no because it's a vegetable oil and it is it, it oxidizes once it's heated and what it, what happens when it oxidizes so it it reaches our bodies and our cells and releases free radicals and what do free free radicals do they create they, they damage dna and when you have that that can lead to a whole yes, host of and they go crazy um, and they
1: want to find a body to pair up with and um, mm-hmm. that they are just running amok causing that radical yeah. damage inflammation uh-uh. yeah we don't like canola oil yeah. Uh-huh. So what other vats, um do you yeah. have? So first and foremost, the ones to avoid like the plague are canola oil. Or um, one thing I'm noticing is um, it's a lot of people don't know that it, it also is, or the synonym for that is rapeseed oil. Um, so if you see rapeseed oil, uh, that is also canola oil, uh, vegetable, other vegetable oils. So anything that's highly processed and probably like yellow oils that you see in, um, plastic containers, your vegetable oil blends, um, peanut oil, um, sunflower and sunflower I don't like much as well because of how processed they are. Um, and they're damaged by the time they get to the shelves. So avoid those and margarines, um, any sort of fake butter. I don't care what um, they say on the front of the package. Um, I'm seeing all kinds of like I'm using air quotes for those who can't see
0: coconut oil, <laughs>
1: butter. Yeah. Or earth balance or the, I can't believe it's not butter. I can't believe it's not butter either. Where is the carry gold? <laughs> so, um, definitely look on the back because I'm also seeing some things um, where it'll say like, this is mayo, but avocado oil, mayo. But then you turn around the back and it says yes. from a, a blend of grape seed and vanilla. Vegetable oil, and then there's maybe a little bit of avocado. So that's nowhere near the main ingredient. So any of those highly processed fats, Franken fats, as I like to call them, we don't want um, in terms of avoiding them. And then you asked yeah. um, which ones to include, right? Mm-hmm. So as far as fats to include, um, we're going to go for things that we're always food, always fats, um, minimally processed. So my personal favorite is Kerrygold grass-fed butter. Um, once you go Kerrygold, you'll never go back to the pale yellow stick butter. Um, cause it's, it comes from the milk from happy cows that were allowed to graze on pasture and,
0: and do what cows should be doing. Actually, my- yeah. Oh my gosh. My dad, God, I love you, dad. He listens oh. to the podcast, but. <laughs> Um, he, I, I, I didn't know this actually existed, but that he had gotten a butter from Costco, and I read the ingredients, cause so I was like, I'm just curious. It should just be like cream and um, what, 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 what makes it better? Like cream and salt and microbial enzymes. Um, <laughs> there were natural flavors in this oh, butter. Yeah. I mean, it was like all the ingredients, but plus natural flavors. I was like, what are these natural flavors? What and we can touch on that after. You- yeah, exactly. We can touch on that um, after you finish up the list of, of recommended fats. Yeah. So love fairy yeah.
1: gold butter. That's my favorite. We'll make it into ghee here at home so that it's a nice high heat cooking fat oh I love it it's so we'll do like a double batch um coconut oil Mm. I love avocado oil some extra virgin olive oil or um I'm really liking trying like really nice olive oils like as a little finishing thing for dressings um Mm. I found actually this great wedding gift or like host gift if anyone's ever looking for one um called grove and vine and they have this like this curated selection and they're these amazing olive oils and they send you one like every couple months um so such a cool olive oil um also Mm. animal fats so high quality animal fats um i personally love duck fat fries or duck fat
0: potatoes oh my You're speaking to my soul right now. I need There's some duck nothing. fat. Oh my gosh. I'm totally going to get some tomorrow. Yeah. I'm like making I myself an note. I love duck fat, um,
1: <laughs> lard and tallow, but um, all the animal fats. I just love duck fat for roasting and... Mm. Uh,
0: Yeah. So good. I was never introduced to these fats until I entered the NTA. And now we have beef tallow, lard downstairs, coconut oil, ghee. Um, so olive oil, can we touch on that for a sec? You had mentioned like just to drizzle, like, you know, on top of Uh whatever meal, how do you feel about cooking? So I do cook with it.
1: I just don't use use it at
0: really high heats.
1: Um, so prior to, um, becoming an NTP, like I think back to my college days, I only used at that time olive yeah. oil for every, anything, everything. Damn. And I'm sure I was using like the cheapest one that I could find. Um, and, oh, <laughs> and it has such a low smoke point, right? So if we are say mm-hmm. using olive oil to um, roast something at 450 degrees, um, that also is going to cause that, that free radical damage and inflammation that we Mm -hmm. talked about earlier. And so there are fats Mm -hmm. better suited to that. Like um, your
0: ghee, your coconut oil um, and your animal Mm -hmm. fats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it matters how it's stored too. Like if you see a a plastic bottle of olive oil, that's, you know, it's not, it's see-through. You can see the olive oil, not, Maybe not the best. Um, I think the best would be like glass and dark. Yes, right? like glass and dark and storing it away from your window. I've seen mm-hmm.
1: beautiful kitchens with uh, like it's like stock. I'm thinking of stock photos because I was just looking at them for, for something. <laughs> and it's like a glass olive oil bottle in the window. And if you're, um, you know that's going to affect its quality as well and, and make it go rancid. Mm-hmm. So store that away.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. I love my fats. And, um, I think going back to the whole gallbladder thing, I still dealt with that sludgy bile, even though I have a gallbladder. And so I still had to work on thinning mine out because I mean, back to the whole North to South thing, I was like, okay, I have the digestion, like, um, chewing down, but there were still some like lower GI stuff. So then we had to look at like the gallbladder and the liver yeah. and, there's just so much that goes into digestion and I had no idea. I thought you just put something in your mouth and it just, it comes out of you and that's fine. That's it. But there's and the gallbladder food.
1: liver and, and the pancreas. A lot of people, I call them the supporting players of digestion because um, a lot of people just don't think of their role that they, the important role that they play in digestion and how well you're, you're talking digesting and absorbing your food.
0: Absolutely. Um, it's, it's important to look at and, To know these things and to educate yourself, Um, we briefly touched on natural flavors. Why are these a no-no?
1: Yeah, because sometimes it's okay, and it's where you have to ask the brand and trust the brand, right? So, natural flavors, um, there's not much regulation on, or I don't think any regulation on how what that means, right? Let me wave in my head. natural flavors. Um, what does that include? <laughs> and sometimes I think brands would say that it's they're protecting like proprietary information or the the ingredients, um, the recipe, right? Um, of I've heard okay. that before. Um, of what is in their product, um, but okay. especially for people who might have um, food sensitivities, like you want to know what is going into
0: in that product. Yeah, I think you don't really have to worry about that too much when you're eating like real food. And it's- Yeah, those natural are natural form. flavors, like what like it, literally. What, natural. Yeah, those are natural flavors, literally. I think a lot of people think they're okay because they're natural, but what is natural? What is really going into them um, versus artificial flavors? They're like, oh, I'm I'm actually doing good because they're natural instead of artificial. Mm-hmm. But I've also seen some um, some- brands out there. I mean, not anything that I eat anymore, but artificial and natural flavors. So like both I'm like,
1: what? It just doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense to me. It's very, it can be so confusing and and just another sneaky gray area on an ingredient label.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we've touched on a lot. Um, I wanted to now move on to poop. (laughs) because it's something that we don't love talking about. I I love talking about it now. No, we love talking about it, (laughs) but a lot of people it's uncomfortable. It's like, why do you want to know? I know a lot of my clients, um, weren't even looking at their stool. Um, and I feel like that's something I've always done maybe because I've, I've dealt with Mm -hmm. GI issues for like such a long time, but why is it important to look and get to know who so leaves
1: clues? So I call, um, I talk to my clients about poo's clues all the time. <laughs> that reminds me of blues clues. Do you remember that? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so long ago. I used to yes, watch it all the time. Clues, clues. Um, <laughs> we'll show you what can clue you in into what is going on digestively. So if you are noticing um, food undigested in there, um, need to support that small intestine. And um, and I'm, I'm talking food beyond things that we're all just going to see. Like if you eat corn, you're going to see, you're going to see that mm, in there. Yeah. Um, but that's something that Um, so my clients might notice, um, or what's the texture like, what's the frequency? Um, something people might've heard of is the Bristol stool chart. And, um, what we're looking for is like an easy poop, easy elimination. You're not struggling. Um, you're not having what I call like marker poop, (laughs) which is, you're like, you wipe and you wipe and you wipe and it's still like there's something there. (laughs) It was actually a joke on Parks and Rec. And I was like, Andy, Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) That's funny. I've never, oh my gosh. It should be easy, breezy, lemon squeezy. I heard something the other day. It was like two snakes a day (laughs) keeps the doctor away rather than an apple a day keeps the doctor away. And I feel like this is something that we don't know about pooping every day and like how normal that is. Well, it's not common, but it, it mm-hmm. should happen. Um, I know so many people that just go a few times I, a week and I'm like,
1: how do you feel? How are I I you told, right or, um, they believe that's the, that's the regular and that's the regular for them. Um, mm-hmm. but you just mentioned it's, it's common, but it's not normal. It's not biologically normal. Um, I can't even tell you how many clients I've had who are like, well, I've been told that, Oh, that's just normal for me. Um, but then they also have hormone, hormone yeah. issues or other inflammation. Mm-hmm. And if you're not eliminating that waste and those excess hormones, um, they are reabsorbed and recirculated in the body. Uh, and that's not what we want. So, so two, what did you say? Two snakes a day keeps the doctor away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. maybe if you have <laughs> apple, like
1: diet fiber could be helpful.
0: Like, Maybe that's what they like, meant. Yeah, mad, yeah, it makes it no, cool. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I wow. I, I, now that I've focused so much on gut health, I I have those regular bowel movements, and I just feel like a whole different person. And those who think it's normal, but I know a lot of people. For example, my my ex boyfriend, he was going just a few times a week and he felt fine like digestively. Like he was not experiencing any digestive issues. The only thing he was experiencing was severe tiredness and like mood. His were up and down. He was hangry and he was like having to sleep for hours and hours. Like just an absurd amount. I'm like something is wrong and let's just try. Let's just (laughs) like the guinea pig. (laughs) Let's just try. Um removing certain foods. And for him, Mm -hmm. that looked like gluten. Um, And after just like a meal with no gluten, he was like, I'm not tired. A lot of times people think,
1: oh, I'm not sensitive to something because I don't feel upset stomach diarrhea, vomiting or what have you. But there are other ways that they can experience a food sensitivity or reaction.
0: Mm Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that goes along with knowing your body and that body awareness um which so many of us are we think we might be in tune but i think because of the busy lives we lead we're going to be on autopilot Mm -hmm. a lot of the time so it's really hard for us to just slow down pause and check in um so can you touch on like body awareness and how that's helped. Yes, you absolutely. Your so
1: we talked a little bit earlier about um before each meal, like sitting down and um taking that deep belly breath. And I remember when I learned this, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. But really, when was the last time <laughs> we really did that and took a pause and weren't and we're not eating with our phones. Um, in our email inbox, like basically distracted um, and coming back to ourselves and tuning into how we're feeling. Um, And another way that I can, I encourage my clients to check in with themselves and really dig in a little deeper is to keep a food and mood journal. So beyond just what Mm. they ate, um, how did they feel and tracking all kinds of symptoms. So you were saying earlier, like the energy or some of my clients experience like brain fog and things that they might not realize could be um, linked back to what they're eating. Um, so brain fog, joint pain, um, mood changes. Mm-hmm. And so you can track all of that yeah. uh, in a notebook or something, and it can really give you um, so much information, it's such an underrated tool. And I think my clients, that I, what I hear often when we're done with their program is like, I didn't realize how Poorly, I felt before because it was something I dealt with for so long. Like I remember one client in particular, she was like, I, she was, she was pretty anxious when we had started or had anxiety more often, um, would be kind of tired, but it was like, she said this fog lifted afterward later. And she was like, thinking back now, like I didn't realize what I was dealing with and now until I'm now not dealing with it. And I've activated this wellness pretty quickly. Mm. And, um, and then they're just glad that they are finally able to listen to their body's
0: messages and start to understand them and, and what it needs. Yeah. You don't know until you actually try. And I feel like a lot of it is emotional for some people to actually get rid of the food that they've known all their lives. So, what actionable steps would you give to someone who might be experiencing the symptoms, or, or even a possibility that there is like a, an underlying food sensitivity or something, and they just can't give up the the, the comfort of eating a pizza or a batch of cookies yes. or whatever? So, it is. Um,
1: there sometimes when we're craving those things for so long, it's I mean those foods. Lot of conventional foods and, um, fast foods, uh, convenient foods, they're designed to have us coming back for more and more and more uh, and can be so addictive in many ways. So there's like this physical, there could be such a strong physical component for those. Um, but, um, I think to just trusting the process has to happen and trusting yourself, um, just try something different, you know, like you can try it for a couple of weeks, um, give it a good, couple weeks and see how you feel when you're adding in nourishing food and know that it doesn't have to be things that are boring. Um, And you might find some cravings at first because your body's like, Hey, I'm used to these quick, easy carbs that killing if I know that I can get energy there. So of course it's going to crave it. And um, there's also an emotional component to, to cravings too, as well. Don't want to ignore that. But in time after you're giving yourself Mm -hmm. like sufficient Quality fats and proteins. You will reset that craving, um, and then we'll be able to honor um, your body and eat more intuitively
0: with over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I had that emotional. Well, actually, for me, it was there was like no if ands, or buts about me cutting a certain food. I think it did take me some time to actually accept that okay, gluten might not be the best for my digestive system. So I waited and waited until it was like actually time, time. <laughs> um, and once I cut that, I was like, oh my gosh, like the world's difference. Mm-hmm. And then some symptoms are still lingering. So that led me to basically adopt uh, like a paleo lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um and not that I follow that to a T anymore. I mean, there there are still, like, some foods, like, some grains here and there. But I think it also comes back to, like, the cooking of those grains, mm-hmm. which goes back to, the, like, the lost traditions that our grandmothers um, used to once do, like soaking and sprouting um, nuts and seeds and grains. And what that looks like is, um, I think, taking – I forget the ratio of like rice for example to water and then a pinch of salt or lemon juice um, but you basically fill up a big bowl of maybe like a cup or so of rice and then like you 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 times that by like eight cups of water or something filtered water and then salt and lemon juice and then that's what our grandparents used to do in order to reduce the the phytic acid that, could also potentially lead to damaging our gut lining. Um, so that's one way. And then also I think what's getting more popular though is sprouted um, seeds. Like I found I found um, sprouted pumpkin seeds a long time ago and I've, I've enjoyed those from time to time too. But I mean, if you're, if your body can. Right. Because, those, uh, it goes because... back to
1: bio-individuality, right? Everyone's yeah. different. I'm half Filipino. Mm-hmm. I do well with, with rice and it's just, it's something I do include. Um, but mm-hmm. others might not do well with those, or they might not do well with even fermented um, wheat sources like sourdough. Um, so it really can vary too, for sure. Um, and some mm-hmm. actionable steps too, if someone is going from like those conventional foods or maybe pizzas, breads, pastas, um, <laughs> to more real foods um, is like get create like let yourself play and be and get creative and try new things and um it can be a mindset shift to go from uh to, to go from this is this is not fun to I'm I'm yeah. letting myself have fun with this there are so many spices that I can try so many seasonings oh um, so goodness. one thing that was helpful for me was just trying something new like ooh sumac. Who's she? I'm trying, or zatar blend and having fun with that and the way I season my food. And now, um, I mean, five ten years ago, there were not nearly as many gluten free options as there were now. Like, gosh, like ten years ago, I think any gluten free option I would have found would have just been like cardboard nasty. Um, but there are, are tons of even just healthy dressings and
0: oh my gosh, um, all kinds of, of options to try now. Yeah. So many, I don't, there's not a day that that goes by that I miss the the old ways of eating. I find so much joy and, and comfort in the way I eat now. And I know that I'm nourishing my body and my mind too. Um, and I don't feel the need to, to binge eat too, because that was also an emotional um, stressor for me as well. Um, so addressing that emotional component and like what was driving that in the first place. Um, Because I, I was still at that point adopting like a a paleo lifestyle, but I was finding uh, I was navigating certain ways and like, okay, how can I still get a cupcake or like a huge cake and cookies, just endless baking to, to myself. And um, I really had to take a step back and realize like, okay, sugar is still, providing satisfying something, you know, I would still use like the low glycemic coconut sugar and whatever the case. But, um, although it still wasn't refined, it was still satisfying that sweet tooth. And I, that brought me comfort. So I had to address that. Um, and I know so many women who have that exact same experience. Yeah. And I feel like with body awareness and knowing those things, um, we can also gauge that through the nutritional assessment questionnaire. Can you tell us? One of my favorite tools um, that I do in my client's nutrition and lifestyle
1: audit. So um, we've all been to appointments where, or met with a new practitioner or coach where maybe they only get have um, like five, five minutes, 10, if you're really lucky to do an intake. And that's That's just not enough time to get to know you, your health history, your unique situation. And what I love about this tool before um, I meet with clients is that they're answering like what, 300, 350 questions about their health history, their current symptoms. And it doesn't doesn't take as long as you think, like 20, 30 minutes, something like that. You're basically rating how you experience these different things, uh, these different symptoms. And what that does is shows us this graph, um, this data. I love sharing these on Instagram because we get to clients like to see their their before and after in the program, of how things change. And it basically is showing which systems in the body need priority attention right now or where the opportunities lie. Um, and it's arranged in a north to south way like we were talking before. So oftentimes the left side which is the digestive section so those are going to show higher um, scores or opportunities for that client and it isn't a perfect tool certainly we can take it to the next level with testing but it does go deeper than um, most of my clients have ever done uh, in the past in other plans mm-hmm. programs and coaching relationships
0: mm-hmm. You just reminded me I wanted to, I wanted to take mine. I'm probably going to do that after we hop off here just to see. Wait a minute. Yeah, because I feel so different. Even when I started or ended the program last year, like mm-hmm. I just feel like a whole new person ever since I've just been able to truly heal my gut. I feel like I thought I have in the past. When my body was quickly like, nope, <laughs> you didn't. Um, so I also wanted to chat with you about – Something that we're dealing with a lot of controversy in the health and wellness space. Mm. Um, and that is animal proteins versus plant based proteins. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, why? Yeah, let's just start
1: with what are your thoughts? So, I actually don't work with vegan or, or vegetarian clients because, um, in my opinion, my, the best approach, while there is nuance, so much nuance and, and um, variance within. An ancestral diet is to always eat things that are real whole foods. Um, and so that would include, in my opinion, um, responsibly raised or wild-caught uh, animal products and proteins for your protein source. Um, and so I know if someone was following a vegetarian or, or a vegan template, um, they might get their protein from um legumes nuts and seeds, but they have to combine those right with grains. And what I see often with those who come from um, a vegetarian or vegan template is they're accidentally eating just way too many starches or or carbs, um, and they're not getting enough protein that they need. And with animal sources, um, that's more bioavailable. So what we mean by that is it's more recognized by the body and it's easier to um, digest and break down. And it's just of higher quality. Now, we also see a lot of these fake meat products Mm -hmm. everywhere. And those are just uh, even worse. If your burger ingredients should just be like the ground meat, the seasonings, maybe you're throwing an egg in there to bind it together. um, But these fake burgers I'm seeing are, are such a long list of ingredients, things that your body does not recognize as food. And it's just... Awful, and I'm noticing right now in our stores. I wonder if this is the same way for you, Kiara. Like a lot of the meat was gone, but there was so much of the fake meats, and I'm like, this goes to show when come to it, no one wants that. Yeah, someone's gonna send me a hate DM from (laughs) them.
0: No, I'm with you. It doesn't make sense to me, like. If you literally go down the ingredient list, I mean, there's at least like 15 ingredients and in, in a patty. And I'm like, how does that make sense? I would just prefer food. to eat um, some pasture-raised beef patties. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's so good and nourishing, especially like with the, the nutrient uh, deficiencies that I once had. And that was iron. Um, and I just find that my body does really well with meat. And I think women in particular, um, with our hormones and, and everything, it's, it's, it's definitely crucial. Um, I think some of the reasons that people are vegan or vegetarian is because of the environment. Um, what are your thoughts there? So, um,
1: I think we can all agree that like the KFO animals or, or factory farmed animals are not Good, of good quality. So you know we've mentioned a couple of times about that the qual- about the quality being key and um, regenerative practices in farming. Um, farm small farmers who have uh, animals that are raised in, on pasture are allowed to um, graze um, openly and express their chickenness or their their cowness, <laughs> right? Like chicken yeah. should not be crammed in into um, mm, close quarters I where they can't. Yeah. Insects—they're mm-hmm. not vegetarians. Like that's a side, quick side tangent. A yeah. one marketing thing that drives me crazy is when I see chicken at the store and it says "vegetarian-fed." I'm like, chickens are not vegetarians, but we've associated that with um, more health, with something that is more healthy. Um, but I'm all for. Um, prioritizing um, grass-fed, pasture-raised um, meat and, and, and poultry uh, whenever we can because that's going to be more nutrient-dense. A happy animal yields uh, more nutrient-dense product Mm -hmm. um and um some of my favorite resources um for learning more about uh, regenerative farming has been like diana rogers at the the sustainable dish um joel's in in the polyface farm as another great one to to follow and just supporting local um is just so keen talk to your farmers and get to know what they're doing and how their animals are living um so that you're not only supporting um these quality voting with your dollar with these these quality practices, but supporting your local um, providers who are doing things right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that so much. And going back to the vegetarian Fed, you're when I first started prioritizing or finding even even finding out about the quality of beans, I did that's not something that I, I grew up knowing. Mm-hmm. Um I think a lot of us are on the same boat there, but I realized like I'm not just eating this chicken. I'm eating what the chicken eats. And that was a whole thing, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense!" And like with the antibiotics and conventional uh, red meat too, it, or, or meat in general. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah, we're we have to think about who we're supporting, what we're eating, actually eating. Um, supporting your local farmer, I think, is awesome. Um, and if you don't have anyone around you, I know there are a lot of services online too. Um, by Ranch Direct is a really good yes, one. As U.S. Wellness Meats is another good one. U.S. Wellness um, Meats, yeah. Love them.
1: And um, I, there are even some local, local butchers too, I've noticed, mm-hmm. are doing like a butcher box. but uh, oh, Or oh. um, if you're not like your local farmer, then find a butcher. And um, we've gone in with another couple on a Herd Share. Um, and so that's been an awesome way. gifts freezer space to... Um, get a a great price on your, on your quality uh, meat products. So always encourage that whenever I can. And, uh, you know, going back to, um, to the quality of the meats that we're trying or the, the the vegan, the plant-based protein versus, yeah. um, I tell my clients or those who are, are vegetarian, like if we were to work together, we'd have to lower our expectations of what your what results are possible if you were determined to s- stick with a vegetarian or a vegan template. Um, so I just love like in my own i have seen how much of a difference uh, it makes to include quality animal products. I had tried vegan and vegetarian template for a little bit. It didn't last long. My blood sugar was still up and down, up and down. My mood was horrible. My periods were awful, um, and. Incorporating animal products regularly and in enough amounts um, has made such a difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think um, with that, gut function is important too. Um, when you're taking in these legumes and rice and stuff and nuts and seeds, those are all like really hard to digest for a lot of people. Um, so converting all of the nutrients that are in plant foods to more bioavailable forms is going to be really hard to do. Um, so gut function is also really important. And then I've also heard a lot of clients say that, well, I can't digest red meat. And that was a huge thing for me too. Same.
1: I was like, oh, it just sits there. Yeah. I no. and like no stomach acid. So of course it was just sitting there. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I, like you, was taking a shit ton of times, like every day before, like, or after every meal. Yeah. And oh God, it was like my but, pregame. It was like, why? Was, yeah. It was just making things so much worse. And what that does is just deplete stomach acid further and further and allowing dysbiosis and certain pathogens to take place and thrive. Like they will thrive in a a body that doesn't have any stomach acid it's so so important but you also I'm sure had to navigate that differently with your h pylori yes I did and it was I mean this was right after
1: college like 2011 with h pylori and I went the conventional route this was Years before I, um, you know, knew anything about the holistic side of things. And I was taking like eight antibiotics a day, like plus Prilosec. Um and it just gave me so many other gut issues after that for several years. Um, anxiety got even worse. Uh, like just it was terrible. And knowing what I know now, um, I definitely would have done things differently. And I know where people are coming from. And they're like, well, I, I must have too, too much stomach acid and I have to stop it. And so that Tums and antacids or, or the Prilosec like I was taking did stop that symptom, but at the expense mm-hmm. of the rest of my digestion and other um, gut functions
0: for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was in and out of the GI doctor's office. Like, what the hell is wrong with me? And I remember him telling me that I had too much stomach acid. And I was like doing my own research at the time too. And he was like, "I, I realized, you know, that you've done your own research, but I'm the doctor here, and I." did an endoscopy and you have too much so you need nexium and i had already taken nexium before and like two days into it after he prescribed it to me again i was like nope intuitively i knew this is not right i stopped it and then that led to me starting um Viewing everything holistically. Oh wow! So that was your trigger. Trust. You were just like, I'm trusting my going with my gut. I'm trusting my gut. Going <laughs> with my gut. Yes, exactly. It was just something did not feel right, and that's when I started to look into butane, HCL, and stuff. But you had to do it differently, right? Because you're H. pylori, you couldn't. Yes. Well. Do HCL. Well, I this was like ten years before I knew about HCL. Oh, okay. So I'm like,
1: yeah. Is that now? <laughs> almost 2020 so it was in 2011 so like nine oh nine years ago um so what i mean i didn't when did i become an ntp 2017 um so prior to that i really hadn't done any of that holistic So that's mm-hmm. yeah years
0: yeah <laughs> oh man so antibiotics. Oh, oh. Mm, yeah the rounds and rounds of antibiotics that i had really started taking since I was a baby for ear infections and stuff. And we know how much that can wipe out the microbiome and, and really never truly replenish. Mm-hmm. Strapped. Um, Did you have that too as a kid? Oh, okay. yes. I was, on. Uh, it was like twice a year. Get my- yeah. I was so prone to it, prone to it. Mm-hmm. But, it, it just makes so much sense. It's just a perpetuating cycle and the reoccurring yeast infections and VV. And it's just like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I wish I could count how many times. I'm going to like look through my medical history or something and see how many
1: times I was prescribed antibiotics. So me too. So many times. And when I have consultations with my one-on-one clients, and one of the first things we talk about, I'm like, we're going to throw it way back. What were things like, what was your health like as a child? Like, did you have strep, ear infections and uh, recurring rounds of or, of yeast infections or um all this all the antibiotics in there because that does do a number on your gut and, and shape how your health is going to play out
0: later um, in life too. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Wow, so much. I'm so glad we we were able to chat about this. I know that's a lot of information for maybe some of the listeners to take in. It's like, where the hell do I even start? So what would you tell that person? So
1: if you're just getting started on your journey, um, you know, we talk about slowing down things that you can do right now, slow down, um, and maybe start a food and mood journal, see what kind of patterns Mm -hmm. that you notice. Um, and I would invite you to try something different. So, um, whether that was trying some new protein, some new protein or new fat that we talked about, um, and experiment with it and see what you like, um, and so that would be the first thing to do is to slow down, especially right now, um, and come back to yourself. Your health truly is is your wealth and a gift that you can give yourself. Um, and I want you to be empowered to start digging into that.
0: Yeah, no, that's so, it's such an easy thing that we can start doing. Um, and I'm telling you guys, like I said earlier, that made the world's difference for me. And then I think the rest will just come Naturally into place. Obviously, there are some more severe cases, and in that, in that, if that is the case, I encourage you to seek the help of a a health practitioner. Because I remember, I mean, my case was so severe. I had waited and waited and waited until it was finally time to seek help. And then, you know, the longer you wait, the longer it is going to take to heal. Um, You don't want to be reactive. Yeah. if you, you, I encourage you to learn about your body instead of waiting for illness or disease to teach you mm-hmm. to force you to learn about it. Exactly, and I think you can also be so emotionally tied to your body; it's it's hard to take a step out of it. Um, so that's when the help of a coach or a holistic health practitioner can come into play so they can guide you and just give you the tools. And then you do the rest of the work, as long as you can show up and, and just do the work like you're set. Um, but I really think investing is is so helpful for you and everyone else you show up for, for sure. Yeah. yeah thousand
1: percent yeah will help you collapse that time and that journey it's only it is the only shortcut that i can think of there are no other quick fixes
0: yeah exactly the quickest and on that note um you work with clients and i know you have the root cause reset which is awesome so tell us about it thank you so root cause reset's my
1: signature nutritional therapy program it is a 10 week uh or is a program with a 10 week course so i teach you what you need to know um, about um, this way of eating and how it can be customized to you um, and how to understand the messages that your body is sending you from north to south. We go through each part of digestion and the lessons are digestible, pun intended. (laughs) And um, (laughs) like the lessons that I have, it's not like you're going going to class. Like uh, I talk about how this can apply to your life right now. Um, and when we start off, we do use, uh, do a nutrition lifestyle audit. So that shows you how to customize, uh, your program in Root Cause Reset. Um, you do a knack, get to see your opportunities right yes. now in your gut and beyond. Um, and I also walk you through how to choose things like supplements and how to track what your reactive foods are. I have so many resources in there and we also have coaching calls, um, once a month and a community of amazing Hi vibe women, they're all like on the same journey. And I love seeing the resources that they share in there. So uh, we have we get support in a few ways in the program. And uh, I just love this program so much. Um, and it's, it's like a, a big primer, like a one on one
0: about about nutritional therapy. It's so oh, fun. I love that so much. It's like your baby. Oh. <laughs> um, where can everyone keep up with you, Diane?
1: so i would love to keep in touch on instagram um instagram stories probably my favorite place to hang out and so my you can find me there um at ditea d-i-t-e-a and it's that's like long been my handle uh since i think high school like diane teal um, so that's what that is DITE, ditea I love it you spell the tea too <laughs> yeah i just spilled the tea some tuesdays i'm like it's time for some real spicy tea
0: <laughs> we talk all the good stuff on there I love it. Okay, cool. Well, I will link everything that we've mentioned, um, in the show notes so everyone can find you. Um, but everyone, thank you so much for listening and Diane. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I love talking about gut
1: stuff and, and
0: <laughs> anytime. So thank always. you Thanks for having me always. Awesome. All right, guys, until next time. thanks for listening guys to another episode of the human experience podcast. I do always appreciate your love via Instagram DMS and now any ratings or reviews that you have to give my podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, and of course, feel free to share with friends and family so that others can hear my voice too. Until next time.